We are within 24 hours of opening day 2021, and man, it feels good to say that knowing we should have a normal-ish, we'll call it, baseball season here uh, with this upcoming season. Welcome into Diamonds in the Desert. I'm Jordan Hamm. Uh, Very excited to be with you. Very excited to have a fresh season after all the starting and the stopping and the starting and the stopping last year. Uh, Somehow, we were able to get through a full season have a World Series, uh, and it's going to be a season that none of us will forget anytime soon. Uh, But now we have 2021, looking forward to uh, what we're hoping for, something a little more uh, of the usual sort than in in, uh, last year. Uh, Very excited to be with you. Uh, We usually get started with Diamonds in the Desert a little bit earlier in the year. 2021, we did a little bit differently. Uh, part of that, uh, spring training looked a little bit differently, uh, looked a little different than uh, what it has been in the past uh, for us. Um, but we are here uh, ready to talk some Diamondbacks baseball. Uh, the other reason, we uh, have some things in the works. Uh, Going to change the podcast a little bit, and I'm excited about that. Um, excited to uh, work on a couple of projects that uh, I think will uh, be pretty cool for Diamondbacks fans and uh, for baseball fans uh, across the country. So um, working on on those sorts of things, but I uh, couldn't not talk about op- opening day. So um, very excited. Uh, we are one thing that we're going to be doing differently. Uh, my goal for the 2021 season is we're going to preview every single series. And we're going to preview every single series with an individual who covers, who's close to uh, the Diamondbacks opponent. So um, helping get a good picture of kind of what the Diamondbacks are going into uh, also gives a good landscape of uh, baseball fans want to want to be in the know. They want to know what's going on. Obviously, Diamondbacks uh, start off with a tall test uh, with the San Diego Padres, who have uh, made some moves this offseason. Uh, so we have John Quintera joining us. He is a staple of uh, San Diego radio. He is on 97.3 The Fan out there, um, and he gives some great insight, helping us preview uh, the Padres, preview the NL West race. And uh, we also give, uh, we want to hear the NL West perspective, the national perspective of where the Diamondbacks are at right now. Um, I think it's easy to be kind of in a bubble um, with that, but we want to make sure that uh, we kind of know where where this Arizona team stands in the rest of the league. So um, he gives some incredible insight on um, all things pro- Padres and the NL West, and uh, we're also going to be doing some food recommendations as well. That's another important thing. Baseball, food go hand in hand. Uh, so I asked John some uh, some good spots to go to if you're catching a Padres game. I think that's going to be a staple of what we're doing uh, whenever we have one of these interviews. So uh, that will be coming up here soon. Um, but first, want to just get a lay of the land. Maybe do some predictions here. Uh, we also, uh, throughout the season, uh, probably have Claudia Faust, our newest teammate, jump on. She's a big baseball fan. Um, so excited to have her join. Um, and she can give some some really good perspective as well. So excited. Um, also going to, we'll probably talk high school uh, here in Arizona, um, college, uh, baseball and softball. Uh, you know, it, it's this isn't just a Diamondbacks podcast. We have uh, it's been a, a heavy portion of of this podcast, but we want to make sure that we are are talking all things. It's called Diamonds in the Desert. So, uh, let, so let's take a look at the Diamondbacks uh, off season. Uh, very quiet. 
as Drupal Cabrera um, was added, uh, Joaquim Soria was added, Tyler Clippard. Um, other than that, pretty quiet. And uh, it's it's just unfortunate timing uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You see Mike Hazen and the franchise push all their chips to the middle. Maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of them right in the middle. Uh, going into the 2020 season, adding Starling Marte. Um, and you felt like, all right, perennial all-star, uh, gold glover, top of the lineup guy. And uh, it just never really worked out. He played quite well for the for the Diamondbacks. Um, but the other big move, they may, they add Madison Bumgarner to a multi-year deal. He struggles. Um, and, and really just the 60-game season uh, was just really rough. Why should you be an optimist going into 2021? Well, I'll, I'll point out a couple of things. I'm a little bit higher on where the Dimebacks are going to finish the season than I think most. Um, yes, the I think the Dodgers are going to win the division. The Padres uh, will make get a playoff spot, um, and both will probably make deep runs. They are equipped to do that. However, what I think is going to happen, I if not for a few injuries this uh, spring training, I was going to say the Diamondbacks are an 85-win team. Now, why do I believe that? Um, Obviously, it's going to go down a little bit with the injury to Zach Gallen, uh, Tyler Clippard as well, um, Cole Calhoun. Uh, The the injury bug has been rough for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But I'm going to put it at 80 wins, okay? Now, let's let's just go 500, 81. 81 and 81 is how they're going to finish. Uh, why do I feel that way? Um, no team last year was prepared to go through a pandemic, go through labor negotiations, go through the starting and stopping, a summer camp, um, and then a sprint of a season. However, some teams were better equipped than others. I don't think the Diamondbacks were well equipped for to have that kind of season. And it's no fault of their own. No one saw uh, this happening at the start of spring training in 2020. Uh, but that's what happened. And, but let's look at a couple pieces on this team and why they may not have performed as well. Madison Bumgarner, the new ace to the team. Zach Granke's out. Madison Bumgarner's in. Uh, Zach Allen is a nice up and coming uh, player, but we had seen him for about half a season. Uh, if that prior to, uh, the 2020 season, uh, Madison Bumgarner has done a lot of things in his career. He's won World Series. He's been to a boatload of All-Star games. He's accomplished a lot. One thing he hasn't done is gone through the process of joining a new team. Now, he did that. He then had to do that and then not have a full spring training, have a summer camp, doesn't know what's kind of the correct way of keeping the arm in shape versus running it into the ground, uh, Everything that comes with moving to a new place. Um, and then also, yeah, just the the weight of a pandemic, I think. Uh, he did not have good numbers. A lot of guys in the rotation did not have good numbers. And I think that was the starting point for their struggles. So you have Madison Bumgarner for a, again, we'll call it normal-ish spring training, year two with the club. Um, I think that, uh, will he be ace quality? I don't know. But will he be much, much better than he was previously? Yes. Um, and part of that is that's, I think, a kind of a low bar to clear. But I think he will still be an effective major league pitcher um, and a 1-2-3 uh, type. So that checks off the box of Madison Bumgarner. 
Now let's look at a couple other guys within the rotation. Luke Weaver uh, had a great 2019 for about two months. Then he got hurt. Uh, It was, you thought there might be surgery. There wasn't surgery. He was able to rehab it back. When you're a major, and I'll call him a major piece of the rotation, because I think he would probably be a a number three uh, in that rotation, uh, he's coming back off of an injury. Uh, He's not equipped to go to do the starting and the stopping and the, uh, you know, especially guys that come off injuries, they need the regiment. They need the schedule, the routine to go through over and over and over again to to build up and, and be properly set up. So that was not, uh, you know, ideal for him. And I think that was a big reason why he struggled. Uh, take spring numbers with a grain of salt. He's struggled so far. I think it's going to be a relatively, I, I think the Dimebacks are going to be especially cautious with him, just working him up. So you'll probably see a couple, uh, quite a few starts where maybe it starts, he goes four innings. And maybe they go to the bullpen, the, the long relief, um, and, and kind of go from there. Uh, finally, uh, within the rotation, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, in his first media availability when summer camp kicked off, was, I need to pitch because I'm going to be a free agent. So a guy who I think, um, look, the the Jake Lambs, the Robbie Rays, I feel like after a while we figured out who they were. Jake Lamb, good power bat uh, against right-handed hitting, uh in a very good year, could hit in the 270 range, but you were probably going to get him for about 240. Uh, struggled mightily against lefties. You thought he might be able to develop out of that, but eventually it was just, okay, that's the type of player he is. Robbie Ray, he's going to strike out a lot of players, or going to stri- strike out a lot of batters, going to walk a lot of batters, going to have a lot of stat lines that look four and one-third or five and one-third 10 strikeouts, four walks, 110 pitches thrown. Not a very efficient pitcher. He was looking for uh, that big payday. He looked great in summer camp. I remember just thinking like, okay, this is this is Pat Corbin-esque his last year with the Diamondbacks. Like he is going to be a dude. Uh, and it didn't turn out that way. It didn't. Um, and I think that added pressure of like, okay, I need to pitch and I need to deliver here uh, added to it. And he tried to do a lot more um, and, and try to be way more of the of an ace than maybe he he was equipped to be. Um, I, I think it's it's fair to say uh, that 2017 season uh, for Ray and for Lamb, uh, those were the outliers, not necessarily um, the other years where they might have struggled a little bit. So that's 60 percent of your rotation. You have Zach Gallen who throws really well. You have Merrill Kelly who did pretty well until he. Uh, had to, um, you know, have surgery um, and end his season early. Uh, but that's 60% of your rotation that struggles. Now, we can't say that Zach Gallen is now going to be a certifiable ace because those were the numbers he had last year. Uh, if you're going to take a grain of salt with the bad, you have to take a grain of salt with the good. So, um, and it hurts a lot uh, for the Diamondbacks to have Zach Gallen out for an undisclosed amount of time, first couple of months. Uh, we'll see. It could be eight weeks, could be more, uh, could be could be maybe potentially less. Um, the good news is it's a f- kind of a freak accident that he fractured, um, you know, his arm, and it has nothing to do with a UCL or anything like that. But uh, obviously, 
that's the probably the guy you want injured the least within this roster. Um, if you if you look elsewhere within the team, um, I think uh, Eduardo Escobar just kind of fell off a, a hill. I think that's more probably more of an outlier for him than than anything. Um, they did say at the end of the year uh, his weight became an issue. He has come down much slimmer. Uh, sometimes I think the Fogo power went a, a little, a little, maybe a little too much Fogo, not enough power there. Um, Cattell Marte uh, had good average numbers, but not good power numbers. He disclosed a little bit kind of after the fact that he had a nagging hand injury the entire time. So, and I think it's, do I think he's going to put out up the 2019 numbers he did? Probably not. Do I think he's going to put up the 2020 numbers? No. He's going to live somewhere in between there, and that's still a very good baseball player. Um, would I have, uh, I, I think, would it have been a good move to keep Starling Marte? Yes. Uh, $14 million or whatever his option was is nothing to bat an eye at, and I understand why the team made the deal because of the, the lost revenue um, that every team is facing right now. But... Uh, I think try to see if you have something there. Um, and then the the repercussions from Starling Marte now leaving means it, it's much more than just like, okay, you take out an all-star center fielder and a top of the lineup guy. It's now, okay, now Cattell Marte plays where? And it kind of, it, it has a lot of uh, extra factors to it. So, um but I'm confident that I think this team can win 80 games. Uh, the the bullpen, obviously, going to have to have some bounce-back performances. I really liked the signing of Tyler Clippard. I thought um, he is a guy, he's much like a TJ McFarland type. Um, maybe, I mean, McFarland has a little more endurance, but uh, you can stick him uh, in a lot of different roles uh, within a bullpen, and he can get outs for you. So he can be the eighth inning guy. He can be uh, a potential uh, closer in a pinch. He can be, um, you know, you, you need him to go two to three innings. I, I think that's where the, the difference with TJ was. TJ could probably go about four. Um, you know, he was kind of a stretched-out starter a little bit. Uh, but um, Tyler uh, Clippard can make... A lot of different things work and be a, a good leader. So that that injury hurts. The injury to um, to Cole Calhoun um, hurts. It sounds like he he could be back uh, here, if not for opening day, really really soon. Um, but that's why I have uh, just some optimism here. Um, it's are they going to push for a playoff spot? I don't think so. Are they going to surprise some people? Probably. Um, Caleb Smith, I'm interested in seeing if he can develop. He's a kind of another high strikeout guy. Uh, can he get deep in ball games? Um, it, it seems like they have six, seven, eight starter types, uh, and some of those guys are going to end up in the bullpen. Um, so you know the the Taylor Clark's uh, can Kevin Ginkle have a bounce back season? 2019 he was phenomenal. 2020 uh, he couldn't find the strike zone. Yoan Lopez has uh, been pretty solid. Um, Taylor Widener, Alex Young. Al- I think Alex Young is a really versatile piece in the bullpen as well. Um, so that's why I'm putting them at 81 game winners. I think they'll they'll finish 500. Um, last year of Tori Lovello's contract, um, I think that. Uh, Tori's done a really nice job since coming over here. He's changed the culture. Um, he has uh, done a nice job just 
working with, I mean, if you think about it, every almost every year he's been there, he, they've lost key players. They've lost A.J. Pollock. They've lost Pat Corbin. Uh, they've lost Paul Goldschmidt. Um, they've lost Zach Granke. Uh, a lot of those, some of those have been moves to uh, improve the, the long-term standing of the team and moves that I agree with. I want to make that clear also. But um, he's been able to uh, coach up Christian Walker. He's been able to coach up. And, and Mike Hazen has been able to find uh, various guys that uh, can help the team uh, when they need to. So um, we'll see. I, I would think if I'm objectively, I think Tori Lovello should be back. Um, they haven't really, it sounds like they haven't really gone over uh, that topic too much, but um, there's going to be some, a lot more youth on this team, I think, than previously. Um, and this is a, an interesting time, kind of a turning of the page. When this uh, regime took over, it was more veteran-based, I feel like, veteran-based that, that struggled the previous year. Now you're going to start to see uh, some of these uh, prospects that we've heard about start to come up um, and, and start to make progress, especially I think next year there's going to be a, a big core of outfielders specifically that will be making the jump uh, close to the major league level, maybe to the major league level. But um, the the depth I, I'm not so sure about right now. Um, you know, Tim LaCastro uh, I think is a great uh, bench piece. Uh, he sounds like at least at the beginning he's going to be more of an everyday player, um, we'll see what Josh Rojas can do as Drupal Cabrera. Um, you know, you know that that Tori Lovello loves to tinker. Um, so that's why I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than most. Um, but regardless, it's just great to have baseball back. And we will uh, we'll be with you here throughout the year to talk about um, and interview some Diamondback players, um, interview uh, various people who, uh, you know, for, for the opponents, if they're coming up, um, you know, against the, the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to try to connect with Katie Wu, a new athletic writer who uh, has done a great job covering minor league baseball and covering the A's. Um, and, you know, speaking of the A's, Shana Rubin, you know, a lot of, I, we, I think we have a pretty good network here of people that um, have covered the teams the Diamondbacks will be playing. So we're going to try to get them on the, the podcast here and, and really give series previews. So um, let's start with that uh, coming up here um, in just a second. Um, it's it's going to be a fun year for sure, though. Um, and we have John Quintera now here, 97.3, the fan out in San Diego, a staple of San Diego radio. Uh, he breaks down this opening series, Diamondbacks against the Padres. Diamonds in the Desert is excited to have John Quintera, a fixture of San Diego. Radio has been covering the Padres for a long time to help preview this Diamondbacks and Padres series, opening up the 2021 season. John, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Jordan, thanks for uh, asking uh, to be on. Uh, very happy to uh, talk about the Padres and talk about the start of Major League Baseball season. It uh, should be a fun year. We're expecting big things over here in San Diego. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, very busy offseason, a uh, very busy past couple of offseasons. Uh, when you, you roll through some of the, the additions this offseason, you, you look at the rotation, the Blake Snell, you Darvish, um, plenty of additions in the, in the bullpen as well. Um, just 
when you think back just a couple of years ago, uh, the Padres, the, the big additions they've been able to have, um, you know, how, from your perspective, how impressive is it that they were able to get this turnaround going so quickly and also just continue to, to reload to try to uh, catch the Dodgers here in the NL West? Well, you know, I think, Jordan, more than anything else, this ownership, uh, you know, they bought this uh, ball club a few years back, and they went back in 2015 when A.J. Preller came in as a general manager, and they went with a bunch of veterans. They brought in James Shields, Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, and and, and Ian Kinsler, and uh, uh, some of those guys, and they realized that really wasn't working. Actually, Kinsler came a couple of years later, but uh, they realized that wasn't working, and they blew that thing up, and they went back to the drawing board. You know, for the last three years, uh, the Padres had pretty much had the number one ranked farm system in all of baseball, and a lot of that uh, was uh, mostly with arms, and of course, they had Fernando Tatis Jr. back in 2018. He was playing double-A ball, uh, but, you know, they've... Uh, the ownership made a great commitment, and they've been very loyal to A.J. Preller because he, he uh, spent a lot of money that wasn't very well spent early on and, and having to buy guys out of contracts and moving players off the roster. And this offseason, it's been unbelievable. I mean, being able to get Blake Snell and you Darvish along with Caratini, uh, Darvish's personal catcher there in Chicago, they went out and spent uh, $28 million on a second baseman from the KBO uh, the Korean baseball organization, Hassan Kim, and they also had to pay uh, his ball club in Korea $5.25 million, and that's after uh, Jake Cronenworth uh, was one of the top young rookies in all of the National League last year and mm-hmm. finished second in the voting for the National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, and Kim, by the way, did not have a good spring training. He'll make this roster, but uh, you know he, he had some problems trying to catch up to that velocity here in the U.S. I think he'll eventually uh, do that, but right now he's been scuffling a little bit. But you know, this ownership's been absolutely fantastic. A.J., has done a great job with the scouts building the farm system. And, you know, Padres got a good rotation. Not only did they bring in Darvish and Snell, they also uh, brought home a guy from Grossmont High School uh, here in San Diego, Joe Musgrove, who mm-hmm. pitched pretty well last year with uh, the Pirates. Even though he didn't have a good record, 1-5, and five, he had a good ERA at 3.86. Uh, Chris Paddock, who was our opening day starter a year ago, who had a very poor uh, 2020 and has not had a good spring training. He's going to be the fourth starter this year. And, and with the injury to Denelson Lamette, who was one of the better starters in all of baseball last year, uh, he's slow to recover from a biceps injury late in the year. They're going to go with a young left-hander who's got great young uh, talent and great upside in Adrian Morahone. So they feel pretty good overall about their, their starting rotation. They got, I think, one of the best in baseball, probably in the top uh, two or three in baseball right now. But again, they got to get Paddock right. And he's really been scuffling a little bit during spring training, especially the last couple of starts, Jordan. And with this rotation, I mean, obviously they, they've brought in, made big moves. They even brought in Mike Clevenger as well. He'll be uh, injured for, for much of the year, if not all of it. But um, the, the back end, the two guys you mentioned, Chris Paddock, Denelson Lamette, very promising arms, but have had struggles, whether it's being on the field or uh, when they are on the rubber. Uh, where do you feel like they need to take their next steps uh, to continue their progression as young players? Well, you know, Lament, you know, he had Tommy John surgery a few years ago and came back uh, towards the end of the 2019 season. And, you know, he was having a hard time with his command. He came back last year. His mechanics were much better, had a great year. And then his final start 
uh, of the regular season, he hurt a biceps. They were hoping he'd come back from the um, the biceps injury during the playoffs. That wasn't going to happen. He started his throwing program on December 1st, and so far he only started uh, two games in the Cactus League. He went one inning in one game, and he went one and two-thirds in another, and they had to take him out because he got to the pitch count. So he's going to be staying in Arizona, try to build him back up. Uh, he's another guy that, you know, he's 28 years of age. It's not like he's young, but he's had a lot of injuries. He's never made more than 21 starts in the big leagues. And, you know, right now I think they're going to be very uh, cautious, very patient, and just, uh, you know, nurse him along. And hopefully at some point he can get back to being the, the Nelson Lamette that pitched most of last year. As far as Paddock, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you on that. His fastball's been kind of flat. Um uh, you know, I saw him against the Cubs uh, a couple of weeks ago. He lasted an inning and two-thirds. They took him out. Uh, and then the, the other day they brought him in, and he got hit pretty hard by the Colorado Rockies. Ended up uh, giving up, I think it was seven or runs in like two and two-thirds innings. So uh, he got some work to do. He got the ability. He had a really good 2019 where he went nine and seven with a 3.33 ERA. But last year, ERA over uh, a four and a half and uh, just didn't uh, just didn't uh, be able to land that secondary pitch. He's been working on a curveball that's I think improved from a year ago but really the big problem with Chris has been his fastball he hadn't been able to look his, locate his fastball. If he can do that the, the change up and uh, the breaking stuff he's throwing is going to play much better but right now he's having a hard time locating that fastball that's anywhere from 95 to 98. Would you say that the biggest concern for this team is, is the back end of that rotation, or do you see a, another area of concern for this team as they're trying to make this World Series push? Uh, I think the, the biggest uh, problem right now is the back end of the rotation. Morahone's going to be a good major league pitcher, Jordan. I mean, there's no question, but they've kind of babied him. Uh, they brought him up two years ago, and he, he worked as an opener, you know, where he's pitching one or two innings. And last year, they brought him out of the bullpen. I think they gave him a couple of starts last year, but they never really let him go deep into games. And I don't think he was prepared to, to go uh, deep into games. Now, if I was running the Padres, I'd probably handle this a lot different. I think because of the injury to Lamette, you got to have Morahone in the rotation. Uh, but in a perfect world, I think you take Morahone. You take Ryan Weathers, who's a 21-year-old left-hander whose only experience in the big leagues was uh, pitching an inning and a third last year against the Dodgers in the playoffs. He's never pitched in a regular season game, and he's never pitched higher than low A ball. Hmm. And he's going to be in the bullpen because they've had so many injuries during spring training. I'd love to have Morahone, Weathers, and Mackenzie Gore, who's considered one of the top uh, uh, one or two uh, young pitchers in all of baseball down in the minor leagues. I'd like all three of those guys to go to double-A, be in a rotation, throw every sixth day, and then you get them up here, whether it's later this year or next year. I mean, next year could be interesting because you mentioned Clevenger a minute ago. I don't think we're going to see Clevenger at all this year. I think uh, at best we'll see him maybe throw some bullpens in September. They're just hoping he can be ready to go for spring training in 2022. Uh, but I'd like to see all these young guys go down to double-A and, and be in a rotation and get stretched out to where they could throw – five six innings because right now i don't think they're capable of doing it at this big league level including morahone so when you know a paddock has a bad day as the number four starter and you got to go to the bullpen early there's a pretty good chance you're going to have to go to the bullpen early uh the, the following day with morahone because he's probably not capable of going more at the most four innings mm -hmm. 
third straight uh, year that you'll be the the Padres will be facing Madison Bumgarner. Um, last last year, Padres uh, squared up against the the Diamondbacks and were able to take care of business. Really felt like it was kind of a tone setter for both teams in 2020. But from a, a NL West perspective. Uh, as busy as the Padres were in the offseason, that's how quiet the Diamondbacks were. I think hoping for a lot of bounce back uh, from from 2019 to 2020 now to 2021. Uh, just what what's your view and, and your read on where the Arizona Diamondbacks are at uh, within the league? Well, I, I think uh, in, in all honesty, I think they're probably a fourth place ball club this year. I saw. Uh, somebody had them a third place ball club but I think they're probably fourth I think the Giants I think did some things with their pitching staff and they got some veterans still there and Yastrzemski had a good year Alex Dickerson a kid who used to play for the Padres did a pretty good job last year Belt had a good year they're getting Buster Posey back I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing I don't quite know how much Buster Posey has left but you know the one thing about the Diamondbacks first of all I think Tori Lovello uh, has done a really, really nice job. It seems like every year they lose one of their, their best players. A couple of years ago, they lost uh, Goldschmidt, and, uh, you know, they've moved some guys in and out. But, you know, Cattell Marte is a great player. Uh, I've always been a big fan of David Peralta. Uh, I think Eduardo Escobar, uh, I know he had a miserable season last year. The year before, he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, going back to last year, Jordan, I think when you look around baseball, it's hard it's hard to really judge a lot of these guys i mean sure. it was so are we playing are we not playing and uh you know kind of a small sample size guys can struggle in early april and uh you know go into may and all of a sudden they're different ball players last year was just a tough year all the way around so you know, i expect a lot of the guys to bounce back but you know nick ahmed you know if he's healthy i know he's been nicked up a little bit the last couple of weeks hell of a shortstop and you know there's a lot of guys on that team for arizona i like i just don't know if they have enough on the mound quite frankly to to be in the race i mean the dodgers are going to win the division i think the padres at least on paper are the second best team i like what the giants did and then i think it comes to be the uh, diamondbacks and you know the poor old colorado rockies most people are picking them to lose 100 games and i feel bad because buddy black's a, a real good friend of mine mm-hmm yeah, should be an absolute gauntlet here in uh, in the NL West. Uh, John, I want to wrap up um, this interview, this preview you've done, giving us a great insight on the Padres. And um, a lot of baseball fans are also uh, big food fans. So uh, as we're going through each ballpark, each opposing team, I want to ask those insiders, uh, where's the go-to spot to eat? If you're going to catch a Padres game, it can be in stadium, it can be walking distance from the stadium. But if you're going to go catch a Padres game, where's the, the best meal, the best food item to, to go grab? Oh, boy. Uh, there's so many uh, in and around Petco Park. And again, uh, you know, with opening day uh, being uh, limited in capacity, I don't know what's going to be open, but uh, there's a, a place called uh, The Board and Brew. It's a famous sandwich shop up here in Del Mar. And they've got, uh, they've actually become franchised, but they have a Board and Brew uh, in. Um, of the ballpark uh, for a great uh, sandwich. Uh, there's also a thing, uh, the uh, Seaside Market, which is in Cardiff, California, uh, a few miles up from Del Mar. They have what they call Cardiff Crack. It's absolutely uh, great beef, uh, nice uh, uh, barbecued beef sandwich. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely fantastic. And if you're outside of the ballpark and like Mexican food, you can go to Lolita's, which is right down the street from Petco Park. And, uh, 
There's also a place, if you like fish, uh, that's a great gathering spot called uh, uh, the Tin Fish uh, right next to Petco Park. So there's uh, four pretty good opportunities to, to grab a great meal uh, before, during, or even after the game. Absolutely. I think uh, baseball fans are ready for the season, and also I think we're both ready to eat now after after uh, that discussion. But, uh, John, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Uh, ready for opening day, definitely. Absolutely. I'm 62 years of age, Jordan, and I know I'm going to have a hard time sleeping the night because, you know what, opening day never gets old. No, it does not. I appreciate John jumping on with us again. Uh, very excited for opening day. Um, and those food recommendations sounded so good. Um, so happy opening day, one and all, uh, if you participate in fantasy baseball, set your lineups. Um, but it's going to be fun having uh, baseball on the TV again here for the next, oh, I don't know, uh, what, 180 days or something like that. Uh, but baseball is back. Everybody rejoice, um, and let's hope that we have a much more normal season than we did in 2020. Uh, once again, I'm Jordan Ham. Special thanks to John Quintera for jumping on with us, uh, and this is Diamonds in the Desert. <laughs>